0: hello and welcome to another episode of no buts about it here joining me is chuss and we're going to talk about some football but before we do that i just wanted to thank everyone for getting us to 100 subscribers on youtube so that we can maybe afford to eventually get chuss out of his basement um He's all been-
1: right, I, I don't, I don't think that's fair. He's, Come been on, guys.
0: Lo- he's been locked down there for so long and it's so hard for him, but with those yeah, 100 subscribers, yeah. we might get him. Out.
1: I, I, we might get, it might be able to help me move up to my living room. Yes. My living room in Some, Pittsburgh,
0: a high rent, but you yeah. know, in all seriousness, um, thank you. I'm going to run that giveaway around noon on new year's Eve. So if you have not entered the hat giveaway, go to the video on my chan on our channel to find out the rules to how you can enter the hat giveaway. And I'll buy you a hat, even a Steelers hat. And, uh, that was a rough game. The Steelers kind of just killed the Bengals. and trust. I think you enjoyed it a lot more than I did.
1: Um, You know, it was just kind of great because I was really tired of you talking about how great the Bengals were. So I didn't care that the Steelers were to win. I just needed for you guys to lose. So, and it just happened to be the Steelers. Like I wouldn't have, I would have taken any of the teams you've played in the last couple of weeks. It was just, all of a sudden it was just like Jake Browning became this, the greatest football player of all time. And the Cincinnati Bengals were going to the Super Bowl with Yoshi Voss and Trenton Irwin and, like, all these random names he kept dropping on me, like Chase Brown. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, they need to lose. They need to be humbled. And sure enough, they were. they were humbled by not Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, of all quarterbacks. It just – it's the perfect script. I told you this, Josh. On the day of the game, I said, you know the Steelers are going to win. Rudolph is playing the day before Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. you know how the script goes.
0: And I, I didn't want him to win because I didn't want to see all the CBS sports graphics going on with that game and Mason Rudolph. And sure enough, there were a bunch of them and I hated every single one of them. But my question is, did you see something from the Steelers that we hadn't seen in a while? Because before you were saying, Hey, Steelers suck. Tomlin needs to go. We've never, we're have never, we never going to win another game. And then you come out, and you beat my Bengals. And I've watched the film on the game. Um, Pickens was great. Rudolph was great. I knew the run game was going to be great because Reader was out, and your guys' run game was great. Um, what did you see that you liked?
1: So, um, I, I let, there's a couple of things that I liked. Um, so, first and foremost – why am I, it looks like I'm peeking? I'm sorry. I keep like looking over, and it looks like I'm like in the red like constantly. If I'm fine <laughs> on your screen, I just I just don't want it to seem like I'm screaming. But um, one of the first, one of the things that I really enjoyed was um, whenever Mason Rudolph went out, it almost looked like he it wasn't it wasn't that he like didn't care necessarily, but he played as if nothing was bothering him nothing was holding him back. He was making like deep throws. He was making questionable throws. And by questionable throws, I don't mean like, Oh, that was like a weird throw. What? Why would you do that Mason? Like one of those throws where like, he's not scared to like take a risk, like the first play of the game, like he threw it to George Pickens, but like George Pickens was like right around three defenders. It wasn't like it was a situation where it was like, Oh yeah, he was wide open. No, he was in, he was in coverage and he just happened to blow through them. So I feel like Mason Rudolph was not afraid to take risks. He threw a deep ball to George Pickens later on in the game. Um, He tried to throw one to Deontay Johnson. It kind of uh, just was thrown a little bit too far over the the head. It probably would have um, sealed the game, even though the game was pretty far out of reach at that point. Um, And then there was another deep ball that he almost had, but it was like a questionable, like, Whole pi looking thing that I, I was a little suspicious of, but um we ended up getting that back by uh, another another play that we had so in the end zone so um nonetheless I, I think that um I, I think that the uh, the Steelers showed a lot of promise in that game compared to um like. The last 15, 14, 13 weeks that we played, <laughs> the, the 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 thing that I, I really enjoy a lot about this game was that Mason Rudolph kind of was playing as if it was like a twenty nineteen Steelers game, where it was like you're throwing those long bombs, you're taking those shots. He didn't look as nervous. It just it just felt like the team that we were expecting all season, like in preseason. They're like, oh, this this Steelers team is going to be unbelievable. But then we just never got to that point. And I think finally we reached that, like, point where it was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. And we finally got it. Now, I will say I'm going to take it with a grain of salt because it's not that – don't take this the wrong way. Do not take this the wrong way. But the Steelers did put up 400 yards against Cincinnati. And then just so happened to beat the Cincinnati Bengals 34-11 with Mason Rudolph in there and all of those things. And I, I don't want to like get too ahead of myself here, but I, I don't want to say that this is like 100% the best direction. It, it makes me hopeful, but it, it's no different than the 400-yard game where I was like, oh, that game showed a lot of hope. This game shows hope, but it also still – you know, worries and concerns me because it's like, you know, I love Kenny Pickett, but is he the future? I mean, I'm not, I don't think Mason Rudolph is necessarily the future because he's played one game. I mean, he did well in 2019. I mean, we, we, you know, we've had, he's done okay, but it's not one of those things where it's like, I, I think that I, I, we just don't know with Kenny because he hasn't really shown that much production and Mason Rudolph had like a stellar game, against the Bengals, but um, I I do think Steelers fans just need to take it with a little bit of grain of (laughs) salt just because, you know, we did put up 400 yards against you guys when Matt Canada got fired the week after, and then this week we ended up putting up, like, or this past week we put up 34 points offensively, more or less. I don't think we had any defensive. I think it was all offense mostly, but but nonetheless, I, I just... I I don't want Steelers fans to get ahead of themselves. I do think Mason Rudolph should finish out the rest of the season because at this point, who cares? I mean, I don't really think we're going to be making a playoff spot. I mean, he came off a big game. I mean, the worst that could happen is we lose in Seattle, which I'm not real um, confident going into that game since the Steelers haven't won a game in Seattle since the 80s. And that might (laughs) have been, I think, our only game that we've ever won in Seattle ever. So I don't really feel confident going into that game, regardless who's in quarterback. So, it doesn't matter to me. So, but, I mean, at this point, why risk it? You know, next thing you know, you throw Kenny in there and he just, like, tears his ACL or something. And then he may not start at the beginning of next year. I mean, it, we, there's a lot of uncertainty going into the off season right now. Um, if Mason Rudolph wins out for us or, like, even wins next week and then – or even loses next week and then you have him start against – um Baltimore and they beat Baltimore just because it's a divisional game. Like, honestly, in my opinion, I I would keep Mason Rudolph over Mitch. I would just let Mitch go, cut him. You know, I I think his contract should be up. If they extended him, cut him, trade him. I don't know, get rid of him. Because, I mean, because then at that point, like, you have your backup. And then if you want to get a third string and you want somebody to challenge Kenny or somebody that's going to be on the come up, like, then just draft somebody like draft a second round quarterback that might fall. Like, I, I don't know what quarterbacks are going to fall this year. Cause we didn't expect Will Levis to fall, but, um, but like, let's say like a Drake may falls I'm, I don't, I'm not saying Drake may is going to fall, but let's say Drake may does fall. Drake may yeah. is going
0: to fall. You heard it here just, first
1: from Chuss. Just, 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 <laughs> just, just putting it out there. But, but yeah, I think, um, I think it's a little too soon to tell, but it did show a lot of excitement and it gave me a little bit of nostalgia to The glory days when like those just the the big throws and the big catches and just george pickens kind of like resembling like those like antonio brown moments and mason throwing like big ben i'm not saying he is next the next big ben i'm just saying that um he he definitely showed some some strokes of it and um it was a very nice refreshing change to a lackluster mediocre Steelers season
0: so it was very annoying um You guys kept doing these weird, like, things where we would go to tackle you and then you'd break the tackle. Like, that was really, really annoying. Specifically, George Pickens on the first play of the game for the Steelers offense. That was a simple slant route. That was nothing fancy. That was nothing to write home about. It was just, okay, slant route, first down, fall down. That was all you wanted from him, really. Mm-hmm. No, you guys said in the zone. I think they were in zone on that play. If I remember correctly, they had him. Mate, yeah, they had him. I think it was DJ Turner. It was either DJ Turner or Chido Chido Wuzier. And they had him wrapped up and then he just juked him and then left. And that happened so many times throughout the game. Um, Something I said last week was why is D.J. Turner, our rookie cornerback, covering Justin Jefferson one-on-one? And I'm going to say the same thing this week. Why was D.J. Turner, our rookie cornerback, ever one-on-one with George Pickens? And you could say it's a height thing, because D.J. is one of the taller corners in the room, but he is closer to Deontay Johnson, if you want to do the height game, than he is George, and both of them can be dangerous, but I'd rather have D.J. Turner on George Pickens or on Deontay Johnson personally. And people, Dax Hill is getting crapped on because he didn't have a great game, and but no one on the Bengals' defense had a great game. The Bengals' defense played awful. They could not tackle. We got to go back to the fundamentals. It wasn't even that the scheme was bad, and everyone's going to blame DJ Reader. Everyone's going to say, well, DJ Reader was out, and that's why why the defense didn't look good. No, I'm being honest. DJ Reader, there were things the defense was doing poorly that DJ Reader would have had nothing to do with. Maybe you could argue he's a pass rusher, and so he'd put more pressure on Mason Rudolph. But even then, it's like, okay, but... He's not going to be able to do that every play. And if the ball gets out, the secondary has to be able to tackle. Jordan Battle was once again the highest rated safety. Jordan Battle is a top 15 rated safety in the NFL right now. He's also the highest rated rookie safety. We know that we have our Von Bell replacement in Jordan Battle. Now we have to figure out who is going to replace Bates. Is it going to be Dax Hill? If it's Dax Hill, then you have to draft a corner. We cannot keep doing this thing where he keeps bouncing back between safety and corner because Cheeto is not coming back. We're, just the way the Bengals do things, Cheeto just likely isn't coming back. DJ Reader likely isn't going to be able to go next season because quad tears take forever to come back from. He's also a free agent. He's also going to be over 30, which puts him like three, th- three things the Bengals wouldn't bring him back for. I'd love for them to bring him back late season if he doesn't get signed, if he can't play or something like that. But I think we have to go into this season, this next season, expecting DJ Reader to not be the guy. He isn't going to be the defensive tackle that we can count on. We need to draft a defensive tackle. Going to need to draft a cornerback. Then on the other side of the ball, Jake Browning. I love Jake Browning. I think Jake Browning's a great backup. He also might not be back next season. He also played like crap. Um, his stats didn't look horrible against the Steelers, except for a very important thing, four interceptions. And they were terrible throws. Two of them were just like, who are you throwing to? One of them was in the end zone. And watching it, I was like trying to find the nearest Bengal player, and I couldn't find him. So everyone on Twitter was saying, oh, well, if DJ Reader had been in, this game would have been a lot closer. If Jamar Chase had been in, this game would have been a lot closer. No, because Jamar Chase doesn't prevent you from throwing interceptions, and DJ Reader doesn't prevent you from not being able to tackle in the secondary. Mason Rudolph had a great game. Um, Bengals get Cam Taylor-Britt back against the Chiefs. They might get Jamar Chase back. I... However, I'm not going to mention in any uh, confident manner that the Bengals can beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs played like crap against the Raiders. That's true. They got beat by the Raiders who only allowed 63 passing or only needed 63 passing yards in the first quarter alone to beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are on a downward spiral. But so were the Steelers. And Mason Rudolph looked great. And Patrick Mahomes is more, way more dangerous than Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. So I'm Man, just not going to <laughs> say anything. You can talk about Kadarius Toney. You can talk about whoever you want on the Chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. And Noah Brown, who most people probably don't even know who that is, Looked great when the Bengals played the Texans. So hey, maybe Kadarius Tony has a two hundred yard game randomly against the Bengals secondary, who's deciding to not tackle. So that's all I'm gonna say. Who knows who will win this week? Bengals, Chiefs. Secondary needs help. Back that's, to yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Back to the Steelers now, and you kind of alluded to it. You have a problem in Pittsburgh. And it's arguably a good problem to have, arguably a bad problem to have. You have Kenny Pickett, first-round pick, Pittsburgh boy. Um, People love him there, it seems like. Got hurt. Mitch went in. No one liked Mitch. Mitch is gone. We don't care about Mitch. Mason Rudolph has been with the team longer than any of the three. He's the only one, I believe, who was there when Ben was there. Yes. So he's the only one who has ever learned from Ben in that capacity. So is, and obviously you like Kenny, but is there a situation where next season the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers is Mason Rudolph? See, the problem is
1: I c- I can't see it happening, not because I don't want it to, because look I love Kenny Pickett but I do agree that I don't think he's been playing up to par I think honestly I mean he hasn't played and he hasn't really played like December football this year I mean he got hurt in the Arizona Cardinals game but like he looked better last December than he has most of the season this year and that's kind of unfortunate it's really sad and um, I kind of expected a lot more from him going into the season like he showed a lot of promise in preseason there was just a lot of you know, just just disappointment. And the thing is, is the one thing I know about um, Mike Tomlin is it it will really depend on a couple of things because Mason Rudolph has to be Mm re-signed. Will they re-sign Mason Rudolph? Oh, Mason Rudolph had a good game. Will he finish out strong? Will they even consider re-signing him or will they pick up like, some random second string to mentor Kenny in the off season. I mean, I'm not saying this is like a, you know, because Russell Wilson would want to start, but there might be somebody out there that's like a Russell Wilson who might get let go that could be a really good mentor to Kenny Pickett. That, you know, kind of how Ben was to Mason. Mason never just, Mason never got to that point. But I'm pretty sure – um I'm gonna have to fact check myself. I'm gonna look at this later about Mason Rudolph because there's a there's an interesting thing with Mason Rudolph um, when it comes to uh, playing Pitt, which is like a college thing, but I, I'm gonna add that in like later whenever I can. But um Mason, he always showed the promise and people Steelers fans were really excited to have Mason start in 2019 when Ben went down. Because I feel like a lot of people were frustrated with Ben starting for so many years, and it looked like he was, like, regressing rather than, like, you know, progressing. Like, even though he was old, he wasn't showing, like, that, you know, he was showing for his age. So, when Mason went in, um, he did well at points, and then he got hurt. Then the helmet incident with Miles Garrett happened, and then Devlin Hodges went in for after a concussion or whatever, and Devlin Hodges went in. And everybody loved Devlin Hodges. And then I think, I don't know, if he started doing bad. I don't really remember. I know he got pulled. Mason went back in. Mason did bad the last couple of games of the season. He got booed. And then they just started hating on Mason Rudolph. But now Mason Rudolph is the savior of Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. There could be a possibility, yes, that he starts. But first and foremost, they have to re-sign him. This guy isn't on a contract for two or three years like Kenny is. Kenny still has got two more years at least and if, if they add the fifth-year option. So I, I don't know.
0: So I mean, it's possible. Two scenarios. Um, What are the odds that we will hear Trace McSorley's name if Mason isn't doing well?
1: Probably not likely because uh, that would mean that Mike Tomlin would have to adjust the depth chart so that Mitchell Trubisky would be the third string. And with the third string rule, obviously you know that the quarterback can't go in unless both quarterbacks are hurt. Mm -hmm. So Trace McSorley probably won't be called on unless for some reason, like I don't think Trace McSorley would be called on until like a week 18 type scenario where it's like, this would have to be how it would go either Mitch gets hurt in practice or something weird happens where Mitch can't play. So trace automatically gets moved up to two or it, it becomes a thing where on, in the game on Seattle, like come game day in Seattle, we play against the Seahawks. Mason's not doing that good. They pull Mason and put Mitch in, but Mitch does worse than Mason or just like, you know, Mason, like let's say Mason only throws for a hundred yards and an interception in like two and a half quarters or something. They pull him, they put Mitch in, but Mitch instead throws 125 yards and three interceptions and a fumble. Week 18 against Baltimore to try to get that 9-8 and season, they're probably going to put Trace McSorley at number two. If not, can he pick it? I I really don't think that at any point this season Trace McSorley will get his his call. Maybe next year. (laughs) It's possible, but I don't think it'll be this year because I was like, it would be the only way that he would jump up, but then I started thinking about it, and I was like, but then by week 18, you would probably just have Kenny pick it back up unless you just have Kenny sit out for the rest of the season, which is possible. But I don't know. I don't think tr- I don't really think there's a scenario at this moment where Trace McSorley would go in unless both quarterbacks went down. And yeah, so we'll see.
0: Second thing you mentioned Russell Wilson and maybe, maybe he's going to be, want to be a starter. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think he's going back to Minnesota personally. We'll see what happens. Another guy who is going to be a free agent, is currently a backup, has been a starter before, though, that I think a lot of people have forgotten about, is Ryan Tannehill down at the Tennessee Titans. Is he a guy you think Pittsburgh fans would embrace? Maybe. Um, I don't
1: know what kind of quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for. I don't know what the fans are looking for at all. I mean, I personally wouldn't be opposed to it if it helps train the future, like a Kenny Pickett for the future. But the problem is, is I don't know if Tomlin has ever been put in a situation where he's ever had to develop a quarterback from scratch. Yeah, it's a- really not It's really not a good spot to be in, personally. Like, you know, love him or hate him or whatever the opinions are of Mike Tomlin. The problem is right now is when he came into the league, he did have Big Ben just already like developed pretty much and then you know he won the Super Bowls everything like that but then Big Ben retired and then that year the year after he retired 2022 draft we drafted Kenny Pickett which meant that there was going to be no development and we were just going to rely solely on the idea that Mitchell Trubitsky was going to start the entire season and Kenny was going to develop under Mitch but Mitch was doing so poorly that they threw in Kenny Pickett because they had no other choice. The problem is that Kenny Pickett now will be pushing year three. Could it be too late to develop him into what you want him to be? So we can throw in Ryan Tannehill and we can throw in any quarterback at this point. That might be like a really good player for us, but will Kenny Pickett ever develop to that potential? Because we're seeing it with some of these quarterbacks already. I mean, you know, like I, I, every year I feel like Justin Fields always has this like huge hype around him and he always just falls short. Now I-, I think Kenny Pickett fell a lot shorter of his hype this year than Justin Fields did. I think Fields is showing a lot more promise this year than he has like in years prior, but um, you know, I don't really remember him having, I think he just kind of jumped right into it. Like I feel like a lot of some of these quarterbacks just jump right into it. I mean, Stroud I feel like is the exception to the rule. Like Stroud just kind of jumped into it and like he ended up being, you know, a goat over in Houston. Um, you know, Bryce young, he's struggling right now He for day one starter, but then you have someone like Trevor Lawrence who day one starter, it took him a season and a half to finally figure it out. I mean, it's possible, but there's a lot of issues because, you know, a lot of those coaches, you know, have taken time to figure out how to develop quarterbacks. And also on top of that, Mike Tomlin has only had one giant franchise quarterback. It kind of makes me think of like, you know, um, kind of like maybe what what the Patriots have been kind of dealing with right now a little bit. Um, you know, Bill Belichick had Tom Brady for so many years that even – I don't remember when Bill Belichick became the coach of the Patriots. I don't remember if he had like how that whole scenario worked because it's it, – Tom Brady has been in the league longer than I've been alive.
0: Yeah, Bill was, was Bill was the head coach before you were born. Yeah,
1: so – and Tom Brady became uh, – came in the league. Uh, and he's been in the league – like, before he retired, he he had been in the league for 23 years, and I'm only 21. So, like, I he, – he's – him being in the league is longer than – so I don't really know the entirety of it, but, like, even – like, whether you put into a scenario of – and maybe we can check this and see when Bill Belichick – when did – so Tom Brady got drafted they...
0: – They both came in on 2000. Oh, so they both came in at the same time. Yes. And then Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback at the time before he got injured. Yeah. So, and then that, and then the whole thing happened. So, I mean, it's one of those things though, is
1: like, I mean, Bill, if they both came in at the same time, then there really wasn't a whole lot of development needed because then Tom Brady ended up starting to do well pretty quickly on, um, obviously you know there's some development there but it's almost like you know the learning the like the the strength of maybe developing a quarterback or knowing how to develop a quarterback kind of dwindles over time because you've had such perfection of like 21 seasons you know with the Patriots you know and then that's why like all of a sudden now you know you're without Tom Brady and you don't really know what to do and you're kind of in shambles with Mac Jones and stuff like that and you're just struggling to around quarterbacks and stuff and this might be what's happening with the Steelers you know Tomlin had Big Ben for most of his you know career and then now finally right around the same time that you know the Patriots lost Tom Brady like not not identical because Tom Brady ended up what going to the Tampa Bay and the 2020 season going to yeah, the 2021 so, yeah. Super Bowl yeah because 2020 Super Bowl was um Chiefs 49ers and then 2021 Super Bowl which would have been the 2020 season during COVID was Tampa Bay and Kansas City so but it, it, it does it, but like at that point it's like you kind of wonder if you lose that development you know like how to develop a quarterback properly and it kind of concerns me about the Steelers because I don't know if Kenny will ever develop to that point because I, I don't know if Mike Tallman ever really knows how to develop a quarterback and I'm not throwing shade at Big Bill Belichick because I, I think he can. It's just you go with such a long stretch, and then you have to work on developing a quarterback again. And it's possible, but but that's but that's just kind of how the whole knowledge of how I've mentioned it before. Durations of coaches only last so long in the NFL, and then you have to move on. Mm-hmm. Like you can't – I mean, it just so happened that the Steelers had two really long-term coaches, it happens. But it, sometimes in this changing age of the NFL – they don't last as long as they used to. So, but I'm not calling for Toma to be fired. That's not what I'm saying necessarily, but it does concern me.
0: Okay. Well, there's Chuss's take on the Steelers. Let's head a little bit up north and talk about Joseph Vincent Flacco, who is having a fantastic season. Um, he also was part of some history Amari Cooper set the Browns franchise single-game receiving record last week. Uh, He had a game, I think he had like 51 fantasy points, which is absolutely insane. And he's already passed Deshaun Watson's uh, stats this season as far as yards and touchdowns are concerned. But what I did was I put together a comparison of both of their Cleveland careers And uh, let's look at this, because I'm not sure people realize how insane what Joe Flacco has done is. So Flacco has played in four games, and Watson has played in 12 for Cleveland. So let's just keep that in mind for the rest of these stats. Flacco has only played a third of the games. Flacco is 3-1, whereas Watson is 8-4. So Flacco does have a better win percentage. Flacco's completion rate is 59.4 where Watson edges him out a little bit at 59.8. Watson also edges him out in yards at 2217 passing yards. However, Flacco has 1307. So if someone wants to do the math, he has over he'd have like 5000 yards if he played the same amount of games as Watson at the same rate that he's been playing. And that I believe that would lead the NFL. Uh, Flacco has 7.5 yards per attempt. Uh, and Watson only has 6.5. And Flacco is averaging 326.8 yards per game. Watson is only averaging 184.8. Flacco has a little bit, four less touchdowns. This is including both seasons. So... Um, This season, Flacco does have more touchdowns, but it combined, Watson still edges him out by four. And uh, Flacco does have the better passer rating at 85.1. So, before this whole thing started, when Deshaun Watson was still the quarterback in Cleveland at the beginning of the year, we were seeing Dorian Thompson Robinson in the preseason, and we were like, this dude is pretty good. Then, we saw him in the regular season, and we were like, this dude is not very good. So, he's not coming for Watson's job. Now, keep in mind, Watson's contract is fully guaranteed. A ton of money. Like 250, I think it's 250 million, which is a lot Lot of dough to be spreading on a quarterback who was suspended last season for half the season and has been injured for most of the season this year. He hasn't played a full season yet, even between the two seasons combined. He's still only at 12 games. So... Now you've got Joe Flacco, who is playing great football. He, he struggled with the Jets and the Broncos. He played great football with the Ravens, and now he's back to playing great football with the Browns. Is there a situation, do you think, where next year you try to get rid of Deshaun Watson and keep uh, Joe Flacco around? Because he's got you in playoff mode here. Um, Cause I know he's 38. No. no? No.
1: Why not? Joe Flacco is 38, bro. I know you he's 38. The Cleveland, the, the Cleveland Browns will be, you know, not progressing. <laughs> like, they need to <laughs> progress a little bit. The only reason Joe Flacco is playing right now is because Deshaun Watson is hurt pretty much. I know. And, you know, DTR hasn't played well. So, why would you – Go and let go of Deshaun Watson, who okay, yeah, he hasn't been playing that good. But then at that at a point, Joe Flacco might only play one to two more seasons, and how how well is his production going to be in next year at 39 years old? How like, fa- yeah, he got lucky at 38. You know, I mean, it happens. But, how far are so. you?
0: How far are you going to get with Deshaun Watson next year? Is Deshaun Watson going to have you? And would you rather go from hey, we've got Joe Flacco, he's 38, yes, he's 38, but we can sign him to a one, two-year contract, draft a guy, and then have that guy. Because you know what Deshaun Watson is, in my opinion. I know Browns fans still are a little delusional and think that he is this superb athlete like we saw in Houston, but he's not. He has shown no reason to think that. He has played awful in the games he's played in, and Joe Flacco is doing this without Nick Chubb, Without like half of their O line, with a beat up defense, which is still one of the better defenses in the NFL, I know, but his connection with Amari Cooper is fantastic. His connection with David Njoku is fantastic. Two things that Deshaun Watson didn't have. The passing game is dangerous now, and that'll help Nick Chubb, and it'll be a good relationship. Why would you not do that? For one year, bro. He's 38.
1: And yes, what, how are you, where are you going to trade Deshaun Watson? What team is going to want Deshaun Watson? I have Watson? no Nobody's, idea. I have no idea. You cut him, you cut him you still have to pay him. So the the whole idea of Deshaun Watson leaving Cleveland is not happening. I just, so, I I I hate to say it, but like you can have Deshaun Watson, but he's just going to sit on your bench anyway if you have Joe Flacco start next season throughout the whole season. And he's still going to be paid his guaranteed money because no team's going to want some crappy Deshaun Watson who's not playing that good with all of the baggage that he's had over the last five to six years with all the drama that has surrounded him. So nobody's going to want him. So And you can't cut him because you're still guaranteed the money. So you would have to either reconstruct his contract and then trade him or you would have to trade him and then the other team would have to reconstruct his contract because there's no real physical way for there to be like a – situation where this is in any way beneficial you know
0: but if you're Kevin Stefanski how do you go to the Browns fan base and say hey yeah Joe Flacco he played great was averaging 300 plus yards per game players loved him he took us on a playoff run um they're still in the running for the one seed mind you he he had us doing really well um we're going to go back to Deshaun Watson, who is averaging less than 200 yards per game, uh, threw a bunch of turnovers. No one really likes him because of his off-the-field issues. How do you justify that?
1: You you can't. And the problem is, is you have to think about it long-term also. Just because Joe Flacco is playing good right now also doesn't mean he's going to play good next year. On top of that, we don't know if Joe Flacco wants this to be his last year anyway. Maybe he wants his last year. This this maybe this is Joe Flacco's last year. So if Joe Flacco's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna retire next year, Browns are in no choice but to have to run with Deshaun Watson, regardless of how good Joe Flacco played. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, I I think it's a little too soon to call it, but also it's really hard to say that, you know, the it, it's you have to do one of those things where it's, like, you have to know that, like, the the organization, although doesn't want to struggle, they have this baggage that they don't know what to do with. So they're going to want to use the freaking money that they've paid for this guy. So unless they trade him away, which is probably very unlikely, they'll probably have to trade Deshaun Watson in, like, a first-round pick for him because nobody's going to want him. This is just so, – I don't think, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to start next year. And the reason is, is not because I don't want Joe Flacco to start. I just don't think that logically in the Browns organization, they're going to make the smart decision and have him start because number one of his age, number
0: two, the contract that they have to deal with on the bench. So, well, you can't keep Joe Flacco on the bench because then you have a Pittsburgh situation. If you keep Joe Flacco on the bench in Cleveland, then as soon as Deshaun Watson starts doing bad, the fans are going to start cheering for Joe Flacco okay then you would have to let him go which will probably prompt him to
1: retire do we, do we unless know? unless unless a team picks him up which is possible but i mean he's once again he's like 39 the jets you know? the he, jets
0: letting him go didn't prompt him to retire and that's arguably one of that's arguably worse
1: yeah but also that was a year ago and now he'll be pushing almost 40. Most quarterbacks only go up until they're 40. Most players don't go past 39 40 years old other than maybe Tom Brady. Like Aaron Rodgers pushing 40 is is a push. It's it's a it's a stretch. I I, I don't really expect that long with Aaron Rodgers in, in New York. I don't think him tearing, his ace, yeah, him tearing his Achilles this year is probably the biggest issue mm-hmm. because you just wasted that entire year. And now you're going into next year at the age of forty, which he might still play well, but you're only going to get a year out of them. So you, you, the Jets on that side should draft a quarterback, and the same thing with the Browns. At that point, you might as well just draft a quarterback, because if DTR isn't the future, then who is? Because mm-hmm. because Deshaun Watson isn't playing that good, and you can't have Joe Flacco for
0: more than like two or three years. So, and that's what I don't think Joe Flacco is the future face of the franchise or anything like that. I'm saying. You're going to have to draft a quarterback either way. We know that. Whether it's Maybe. this season or next season. Do you decide for the next two years, Joe Flacco gives you a better chance at making the playoffs? Or do you just say, hey, we screwed up. We're not going to make the playoffs for two years. And then have Deshaun Watson be your guy. Tank for whatever reason. Would you call him my guy? No, like, I mean, you're saying you're the Browns organization. Oh. Yeah. I was like, he is not my guy. No, <laughs> no, Desha- no, but I think that's what you have to do. The Browns are going to go from being a good team, a decent team with Joe Flacco, to being awful again with Deshaun Watson. And you have the, the, Best division in football. You can't afford to be short at any position. We've seen that with the Bengals. The Bengals went from being the best team in the division to being the worst because of a few few misses. And obviously, Joe Burrow went down. But even before that, you missed a few games. You were all, you played a little off, and you drop. And you can't afford that in the AFC North. And the Browns aren't going to be able to afford that next year. I think Joe Flacco gives them their best chance to make the playoffs. I don't know how the cap works out. I don't know if you can just eat Deshaun Watson's contract. But I would not expect Deshaun Watson to lead you to the playoffs if I am a Browns fan. Oh, I
1: don't either. It's just you have to think about this in this perspective where it's like, you still have I'm looking at his contract right now. It looks like you still have what three more years on his contract which and it's his base salary is 43 or 46 million dollars over the next 3 years. That's an With awful. him being an unrestricted free agent in what 2027. <laughs> so so you're just going to it's literally you know what kind of cap cap fee that's going to be unless you trade him somewhere. But but like what team would make A reasonable trade for Deshaun Watson, based on the production that Deshaun Watson's had, the Jets. It'd have to be really
0: desperate.
1: It would be New England. I doubt it. Like Vegas, probably not. Unless something happened where Geno Smith, like you know, is not going to play. He's not going to Seattle, and he ain't going back to Houston. And then, and then you think about all the other teams. They all have quarterbacks. Most of them do. So, like, unless something, like, tragic happens to – and then you don't hope for that to happen, but unless something tragic happens to some of these guys, there's no way any of these teams are going to be like, let me take a risk and trade for Deshaun Watson. It's just not going to happen. So I think the Browns might be stuck for a little bit. But even if you sign Joe Flacco, you're still going to have that waste away of Deshaun Watson on your bench because nobody's going to take him. You're still going to have to incur the penalty. So even if you sign Joe Flacco for two years – when Joe Flacco, let's say Joe Flacco retires at the age of 41 years old. He leaves the Browns organization. Sean Watson, well, yeah, let's say he's at two. So he'll be 40. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll retire at 40. You're still going to, Joe Flacco is going to retire. Maybe the Browns would won a Super Bowl by then, whatever. Guess who your starter is? It's going to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it's the same situation because he's still there. He's still there. He hasn't left. He still has two years left on his contract. Or three even, I think.
0: He's so such he's such a parasite. Remember when all these teams were fighting for Deshaun Watson and now he's just a parasite for the Browns? Oh, yeah, it man. sucks because the Browns if the
1: Browns would have never let Baker Mayfield go, you know what kind of team they would have right now? It could be unbelievable. It'd
0: <sighs> be pretty good. It'd be dangerous. So Well Okay. We've seen we've got we've got another one of these things. Uh To figure out over here in Denver. We got about 18 minutes left in the show. So let's see if we can figure this out. So the uh, Broncos have announced, hey, we're benching Russell Wilson. And it's not like Russell Wilson's been playing bad. Someone on Twitter actually pointed out that his stats are comparable to Patrick Mahomes' stats. So you either have to say Patrick Mahomes is playing awful or that Russell Wilson is playing half decent. Maybe It's probably somewhere in the middle there. But – Russell Wilson also has a very big contract. The uh, Broncos kind of sold the franchise to get him from the Seahawks. And you can look at all those picks. They got one of the most notable ones that the Seahawks got was Devin Witherspoon this year with one of those picks, but the Broncos already owe him $85 million. If they cut him in March. However, if they cut him after March 17th, they will owe another $37 million to Russell Wilson. So, making but making him a post June 1 cut does allow them to spread it out a bit, 35.4 million in 2024 and 49.6 million in 2025. And it's also being reported that Russell Wilson knew this all along. He has been playing with the knowledge that Sean Payton didn't see him as the future in Denver. <laughs> that they were going to cut him no matter what, pretty much. So Buddy
1: played out of his mind the last couple of weeks to prove that he still has it. And the Denver's not out of the playoffs. Denver can still make Maybe.
0: it. The Chiefs are falling. Which,
1: that's why I think it's a stupid decision. I, I understand that they don't, want, they, they don't want to risk the injury. But, like – Uh, But uh, you know how happy Broncos fans, your fans, would be if Russell Wilson cooked and took them to a playoff position? Like, regardless if you win or lose, when was the last time the Broncos were that relevant? Peyton Manning. Exactly. It's been that long. (laughs) You know how exciting it would be to be like, the Broncos are in the wild card. That would be freaking amazing. So, I don't know. I think it was a dumb decision because, you know, you're not letting Russ cook. But also a little fun fact, you know, you know, Deshaun Watson's contract is like two hundred. It's two hundred thirty million guaranteed.
0: Okay, I said two fifty earlier. That's wrong.
1: Yeah, but like that's still unbelievable compared to Russell Wilson, who was one twenty four guaranteed.
0: And so now Deshaun,
1: that's... Yeah, that's even worse for Cleveland. But we're we're not talking about Cleveland anymore. We're we're back to Denver. But that's just unbelievable over there. When I was talking about that right. that dead weight over there. But when it comes to Russell Wilson. I mean still you're you're paying for 2 years worth of a quarterback you might they might be struggling for a little bit unless unless Denver's uh
0: we got Jared back up
1: whole, Yeah, Jared Stidham. I don't really know too much he, about Jared Jared Stidham.
0: He was in New England, 20, I believe he's a 2019 rookie. He was supposed to be the future after Tom Brady in New England. New England fans were really excited about him and then he kind of fizzled out. Um He was with the Raiders for a little bit. They loved him, but he ended up not for whatever reason. He became a free agent. Um, And then he's in Denver now. And Sean Payton is the new head coach there. And they struggled at the beginning of the season. They went zero and four since then. They've done pretty well with Russell Wilson. And Hmm. they've almost, they're close to making the playoffs. They're, They're competing with the Raiders. They're competing with a few other teams, like the Bengals, the Colts. But they could still do it. However, now there's this big question mark in Denver. Like, how are you going to play this game? Some people are theorizing that this is Sean Payton's way of saying, look, it's not my fault. It's Russell Wilson's fault if we don't make the playoffs. Dan Orlovsky was not happy about this. He he was on Twitter last night going off, talking about how if this is true that you told Russ all season that he wasn't going to be the starter, that's awful. Also, they apparently told him that, according to Diane Razumi from ESPN, told him that and then asked him to restructure his contract. Which, why would he do that if you're – you're telling him he's not the future. He's going to take your money and run. Yeah. So stupid. Those things haven't been been confirmed so far, but now the question in Denver is the same question we had with Cleveland, with Pittsburgh. Who's their future? Is it Jarrett Stidham? We haven't seen him play yet with Denver to be fair, but we have seen him play before. And I don't think, I don't think he's a franchise guy, personally.
1: And then at that point, your question <laughs> remains:
0: Does Joe Flacco head over to Denver? <laughs> he goes back to Denver. He's already uh, been yes. in Denver. He heads back. So
1: maybe, but well, but like it's the same thing, though. I mean, like, what do you what do you do? I don't know. Like what? Like if Stidham doesn't do good, like. You had Russell Wilson for like it, you had him locked
0: up until. You had him for how two. long? You had, he he was he's locked up for a while, dude. They gave him up after two seasons.
1: Yeah, they they had him locked. It was a freaking. How long was this contract started out? It started out in what 2022, so yeah, it rolled until he was 41
0: years old. So he would have been long retired by then. The thing is if they get rid of Russell Wilson, which it's assuming they're going to cut Russell Wilson and say, Hey, we'll just pay you the 86 mil move on. Whoever Sean Payton brings in, because it sounds like this is Sean Payton's move. Getting Russell Wilson was Nathaniel Hackett's move. We know Sean Payton had no respect for Nathaniel Hackett. So this seems like Sean Payton's move of, I want my guy. So Sean, whoever your guy is better play pretty Damn well. You better get like Drew Brees out of retirement or something without his noodle. We're talking like two 2010s Sean Payton or Drew Brees for Sean Payton because other than that, I don't see how this becomes an okay deal. And it's going to have to be someone who's relatively cheap. Otherwise, all of your money is in your quarterback room. And most of it's going to a guy who doesn't even play for you anymore.
1: That's why I was suggesting maybe having, like, one of those um, – you might have to have a situation where you might have to draft yet another quarterback because you just just have to do it because they're the ones that are going to – you're going to pay the least amount unless you draft, like, some, like, random backup quarterback that you hope brings you, like – a future like like Gardner Minshew, for example. If if the Colts don't re-sign Gardner Minshew, you know you bring him to Denver, maybe on a smaller contract, but even then, how long is he gonna take? How how far is he gonna take you? How long is he gonna take you?
0: Do the Bears trade their first overall pick from the Panthers? Do they trade that to Denver and let Denver jump uh, Washington for Caleb Williams? Because it seems like. The commanders are the most interested team in Caleb Williams right now.
1: Which is kind of unfortunate because I didn't realize Sam Howe was going to do this poorly at this point in the season. I thought, I thought he was their future.
0: I think everyone thought they were their future. And I think Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to the bears. We know that
1: he is like Caleb Wilson, Caleb, Caleb Williams. You are a Chicago bear.
0: He has like tweets saying, talking about like him, not wanting to go to the Chicago bears about how it would be horrible if he went to the bears. He's like tweets about that. So Caleb Williams might pull an Eli Manning or a John Elway and say, I'm not playing for you. If he gets drafted by the bears, which isn't a good look personally, in my opinion, but it worked out for those two. So, Hey, what do I know? But I are a
1: Chicago bear,
0: the Denver Broncos. Who, I don't think you can go after Kirk Cousins because he's going to want more money if he's not, if he's leaving Minnesota, what Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He's I think he was having an MVP level season before he got hurt. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know if he would go to, we're still on Denver, right? Right. I'm saying you'd have to pay him a lot of money to leave Minnesota. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be able to get him over there. I
1: don't think, I don't think you'd be able to get Kirk Ryan Tannehill you might be able to drop a little bit less on him just because he hasn't really started much this season but but like it, it but it's still the same question you know will you be able to like win games with him and stuff like that because Russell Wilson started winning games this season the team started winning games like he was a meme last season and stuff like that and I get that but like um, like it's still one of those things where it's like yeah it, he was because it was like the whole bathroom gag or whatever mm-hmm. like with russ but like i mean he's still this year he's actually winning games so i don't know
0: so you're like your young quarterbacks that are young that are worth mentioning that will be free agents this coming year tyler huntley who's the backup in baltimore I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore tries to re-sign him. I wouldn't either. Sam Darnold, who's currently the backup in San Francisco. Would you want Sam Darnold? I don't know. I don't know. Drew Locke, who has already been in Denver and was part of the Russell Wilson trade. He's 27. Minshew's... no, I
1: wouldn't... He's not going
0: back. Minshew's 27. I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts re-sign him. Jake Browning is 27. I think the Bengals are going to try to keep him. Um, he's only making seven hundred fifty thousand right now. Uh, Mason Rudolph, twenty eight point four, or is his age? He's twenty eight. Excuse me. Uh, twenty eight
1: point four. Baker Mayfield.
0: Baker Mayfield's getting re-signed by Tampa. I, I know people don't think he's necessarily playing as good as he can, but I think they like him down there. And Josh Dobbs is twenty eight. I think those are the guys you have to go after, and those aren't great names. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think it's a bold move to cut Russell Wilson, but but I I Denver fans, I feel for you right now because I don't. I for for, <laughs> for just a little bit, I thought you guys had some hope. There's no hope right now.
0: That was a terrible, terrible decision. It is up there with one of the worst trades in NFL history. I know people put the Trey Lance trade above it, but that didn't hold back the 49ers at all. They got lucky with Brock Purdy. Um this this Russell Wilson trade is about as bad as Deshaun Watson and it's having the same result. Sorry, I'm sorry, Denver, but I don't feel sorry for you.
1: The only team that the only teams ever lucked out in a huge quarterback trade it appears to be the Rams and the lions. I think that might, that it was an unbelievable trade. Everybody (laughs) thought that that could have been a mistake. And Matt Stafford went on to win a super bowl and Troy could win one this year.
0: They got what they wanted wanted out of that trade. Uh, Denver and Cleveland did not. So I think that's going to be all for today's show. Unless you have anything more to say.
1: Oh, um, No, I Mason Rudolph versus University of Pittsburgh. Oh yes, football. I wanted to see this. Yes, so I wanted to look at this for some reason. Um, oh well, that was that was during an era before Kenny Pickett started, but um, (laughs) but Kenny, but I just thought it was very interesting because in two thousand and seventeen, Mason Rudolph came to Pittsburgh okay with the oklahoma state cowboys Mm -hmm. and he went 23 of 32 for 497 yards and five touchdowns and one interception stud and then and he and that was against pitt now granted don't i think this was during the max brown era but i don't really see i I don't see max brown on here i just see ben dinucci so that makes me really curious about
0: gucci dinucci and max brown two legends
1: yeah Ben DiNucci went 13 of 25 for 228 yards a touchdown two interceptions so and I think I want to know I want to know about the passing yards here uh well now it's gonna never mind I'm not gonna look at all the things because I thought I thought Brown started for a brief moment but don't think so because, because I know that he started at one point in the season he might have been hurt at this point or he might have gotten benched I don't remember he probably got benched because we were getting we, we lost 59 to 21 Mason Rudolph threw almost 500 yards and five touchdowns Goat. I, th- I thought it was for some reason for a moment I thought it was against Kenny Pickett but it was not against Kenny Pickett I just wanted it was just it, it meant nothing I just wanted to bring it up if it was but yeah he did but I knew that he had a huge game against Pitt with Oklahoma State so
0: to end on that completely meaningless note from Chus, You're the one who said it meant nothing.
1: It didn't. It did. I mean, it <laughs> didn't. I just, I mean, I don't, I, I brought it up because I, for some reason, I wanted to mention it. Um,
0: yeah, but I just remember it happening in 2017. Shout out Max Brown and Gucci Danucci. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere. You listen to podcasts and on YouTube and No Buts About It. Our social media pages are No butts underscore show on Instagram and No Show on TikTok. On the Instagram, I have been keeping you up to date on game day injuries as well, the best that I can, so make sure to follow that. Uh, my Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001, and if you would like to reach us, you can email us at Bull Moose Podcast 2. That's the number 2 at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so make sure to check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to enter the giveaway for a free hat because we have reached 100 subscribers. So that clock is ticking. New Year's Eve, we'll run the giveaway. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.